0: And the preacher said, a double-A man. That sounded great. I can't wait for school to get back started so we can have a full crowd and um, so that we can sing that song again because that's one of my favorites that we've been learning, and, and you guys are just doing a great, great job. Good to be back with you today. Uh, we've been gone for a little bit. Wife's been gone for a month, actually. I had to go rescue her from our grandkids in St. Louis. But um, we had a good trip, and we're thankful that we were able to get away for a little while. I'd also just like to say, as we get started here this morning, for, to thank you for Zach um, uh, Ebney, I guess it is, uh, that spoke last week. If you were here, I heard that uh, several people, actually, last Sunday afternoon, my phone lit up, and several people were texting me and saying, you don't need to come back. I was like... <laughs> but uh, I heard that he did an outstanding job, and we're so thankful that, uh, you know, he and Casey are going to be married here shortly, and, and the ministry that they're working in is just powerful and um, it, it's so good to be a part of something like it. it's good to see young people that are following the Lord of course but it's great to see them in the ministry somehow and I'm thankful for that not only did he did a wonderful job and we're, we're excited for them as well also just on a sad note there we, we know the passing and you probably heard the passing of Kim sherler 's mother uh, this, um, and we're just praying for that entire Sherler family of course her funeral will be on a Tuesday at First Baptist Church in Walters at 10 o'clock. So I know many of you would want to know that, and we get that information out before we printed the bulletin uh, or that happened or occurred after we printed that. So we wanted to get that information out, I'm sure, to be announced again. Um, she's a wonderful lady, uh, uh, just a, a beautiful lady to be around. She always treated me with great respect when I was around her. I'd love to pray with her. And she always encouraged me when uh, I was, had that time to be there with them. But we're praying for Kim and her family, let them know that we love them very much. Amen? Amen. For those of you that are younger, um, and I don't know what age that really stops at, but there used to be these things called country stores. And they were really country stores out in the country. There would be just this little, like, little house thing, and you would just go in there and buy certain commodities. Anybody remember country stores? Well, in those, who has no clue what I'm talking about? Okay, very good. You're not supposed to. Well, let me tell you what you missed out on. Years ago, at country stores, you could go in, and the candy department, so this would be interesting for you younger folks, The candy area, they would be these either a barrel full or maybe these big glass bowls that had candy in it. And in that, you could just reach in there and take it up to the counter, and they would put it in a bag for you. You didn't have to use the little pincher things to get it. You just reached your hand in there. We didn't have germs back then. (laughs) So anyway, to, to set the stage there, a little boy was at a country store with his father one day. This was back in the day. And he, when he walked in, he saw this huge glass bowl of jelly beans. And he just stared at it in awe of the biggest bowl of jelly beans he had ever seen in his life. And he's just sitting there licking his lips. Man, man, oh, this looks good. And the owner noticed that, and this was very common back in the day again. Um, they he, he simply said, why don't you reach in there and get you a handful of those jelly beans? No cost, just go ahead and get you some, son. He just stood there and never said a word, just looked at the jelly beans, just... And the guy kept trying to insist, go ahead, son, I don't mind a bit. You get your handful of those. He didn't move. Finally, the owner of the store reached in that jelly bean bowl and pulled out a big old handful. The little boy on the front of the counter stuck his hands out like this, and he just piled them in there for him with one big handful. He thanked him and his daddy and him when they walked out the door. A little while later, the daddy asked the son, Why in the world wouldn't you reach in there yourself and get you a handful of those jelly beans? To which the little boy said, his hand was much larger than mine. (laughs) If I could teach one thing that is important for Christians to always remember, is that is that God's hands are much bigger. And he wants to give us large handfuls of blessings in our lives. And I know that because he sent his son to die on a cross to forgive us of our ugliness of life, a thing called sin. He wanted to give us the blessings through his son and those rich blessings that he has for us. We serve a God who cannot be shaken. We serve a God that cannot be moved. We serve a God who is building His kingdom, and I just happen to be a part of that kingdom, and I am blessed because I'm in that kingdom. Amen? For those of you that are visiting with us today, I would simply say is normally we have all our children. You saw the kids come up, some give coins, and they were a little confused and all that. It wasn't Kyle's fault. He he didn't. Sometimes what we do, instead of sending them to a Sunshine Express class during our preaching time, we, every so many weeks, I'm not sure how, how often that is, but we allow all the children to stay in here with us. and. Today happens to be one of those days, and so I want to welcome all of you, all of you young folks, and and all the teachers that go there and do that as well, that are so committed to it, and we thank you for it, but I want to welcome all of you in our service today as well. You really mean a lot for us and a lot to us, and, and you bless us. You bless us when you come. You bless us when we see you give to the Lord. You bless us when you sing and you stand before us and you sing for us sometimes, That's a blessing to us, and we want to thank you. Give those kids a round of applause, will you? Now, I've always always believed, as you know, I've always believed for big things at Western Hills. From the moment I got here, I believed for nothing but big things for Western Hills. I've always believed that. For the past 25 plus years, I've believed for big things of this congregation and for this congregation from year to year to year to year. But I also want you to know that I believe for you to be blessed in big ways, believing for big things in your life as well. I believe that with all my heart, that you can receive great things from God this time of your life. You may say, well, why do you do that? Why do you say that? Why would you do that? Well, it's not only because I'm a minister here, but it is because when you're blessed, Western Hills is blessed. So I pray blessings on you all the time. You need to know that. So how can we move forward with those blessings? How can we continue to stay in those blessings is a a question I guess I have for us today. How can we make this the best time of my life? How can that work for me? And A lot of people have questions about that in their life. Well, I want to help all of us with that. Before you do it, you have to do a little self-evaluation sometimes. So you have to kind of set the stage straight. I want to tell you of a a member of this congregation that I've had difficulty over the years. Now, some would say, I can't believe he's going to just throw that out there. But you see, I've had difficulty with a member. And just to be honest with you, you know, preachers get picked on sometimes. And I've had difficulty, and I've spent a lot of... This church is a very giving church, a loving church. You see all this school supplies? There's 320 of these backpacks that will go to a school this week. Thank you. What a blessing. So we are a giving church, but sometimes people can just get on your nerve, I'm here to tell you. And this person I've spent a lot of hours really toiling over, struggling with, and challenged by over and over throughout my ministry here. Now, once again, I was thinking about this this morning, and I thought, well, I ought to tell you his name, because if I told you his name, and I thought, no, better not, because if I did, somebody would know who it is, and then they would go up to him and punch him in the nose or something. But I wouldn't want you to do that. But what the heck, I'm going to tell you his name anyway. His name is Harley Davidson. You see, sometimes it is that I am my worst enemy. I struggle with me, things that I've done or should have done or didn't do, and those type things. Anybody else but me in this place? So I struggle with this member right here, IR1. That was for Jeff and, and my good buddy, Marvin Phillips. But in that process, I have found in my life that If it's true for me, it's probably true for someone else that's here today. If that's to get today, if that's the case, I hope today that we can come together and we can divide this food up from God's word and be filled with it and be nourished by it, which allows us to grow spiritually, which we are on this spiritual journey together. Spiritual growth. So let me give you three things that's on the front of your program there. And for the kids that are writing things down, you'll want to write these down because Janice is going to give a test next week, right? Good to go. All right. Number one, if you want things to change in your life, you have to want it deep within. That's the desire part. There has to be a desire from within you. You have to desire it. You have got to want something to change in your life before you will change something in your life. Now, I know it's more than just a desire. It has to where faith without works is dead. But you got to have the faith or you got to have that desire deep within that you can do it or you'll never get off the couch. You'll never do that. you got to have a desire. So that desire moves something else in your life. You remember I've told you many times throughout ministry is nobody ever robbed a bank accidentally. They had to think about it first before they carried it out. You have to desire within yourself to have change come to your life. If you don't desire it, you won't seek it out in your life. You just won't. A great example of that is found in Matthew chapter 9, the woman that had a bleeding issue for many years. What did she do? She desired something. She desired a healing in her life. So what did she do? She pursued everything she could at every cost. In fact, to the point she had nothing left. But she heard about Jesus and she still had a need or a desire to be healed. And so what does she do? She seeks it out and after she goes for it, she receives it from God. The question in that story for me is good for her, but the question comes back to me is this, is what about me? Is there something that I am going after in my life that I desire change in my life or are you just going the everyday status quo thing in your life? I mean, let's, let's talk about kids and teachers for a bit. I hate to bring this up, kids, but in about two or three weeks at the most, you are going to be back in the classroom. You're going to be back at school. Now, parents that are not teachers, they're going, Woo-hoo! can't wait to get them back to school. Teachers that our parents are like, well, never mind. But anyway, in that process, you're about to go back to school. And in that, going back to school, for some of you, it it will be a great thing. You can't wait to get back to school. Most kids can't wait to get back to school first three or four days or maybe the week. You want to know why? Because I got a new outfit. I want somebody to see me. And after three outfits, we run out. So it's pretty much that guy's got the same coat I got, right? So we run that, or who? Just you know how much I've grown over the summer. Well, that never happened to me, but nonetheless, some. And then you, when you move from like fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, then that's when guys are, are whoa, she's really, wow, she's, wow, who's that? Well, that's Mary. Hey, Mary, yes, it is. Whoa, something happened over the summer. In that process, that runs out real quick. So for some people, they want to get back. Some people want to get back to learn. They just really do. I don't know who those people are, but nonetheless, they are. But then there are those that don't really want to get back. And the reason why they don't want to get back is because of the struggle perhaps they had last year or the years before, the making fun of, the ridicule, the downplay, don't have what everybody else has, another one of those teachers always picking on me or feeling as though they do and then you have the teachers the teachers maybe you have it rough i think our teachers do have it rough and some of you have had it real rough and some of you had it rough not only for one year but two years and maybe a whole bunch of years and you've looked at that and you've thought to yourself what about all of that do you want that to change or do you want to stay status quo See, you're the one that's going to determine that, whether you go back to school and things change for you or things change for you. You're the one that determines that, but you've got to have a desire for that change to come about. Are you determined to be like Paul? Remember Paul in Philippians 3, I press on toward the goal, remember that? I press on toward the goal. And, and are you willing to press on to make it better or are you willing to just go with the status quo? You got to have a desire from within. There is no doubt. There is no doubt. But how about your spiritual life? Let's move into that just for a moment. Are you exactly where you want to be in your spiritual walk with God? Where are you? If I were to ask 10 people, "Where are you on a scale from one to 10, more than likely, I would get people say this Almost all would say this: Five or six. You say five or six because of two things. Number one, you don't want me to know how bad you really feel. Or number two, you don't want me to think that you're full of pride. But the truth is, some people are at a two. Maybe you're at a nine and praise God for it, but maybe one day you were at a two and now you know what you remember that in that process. But how are you in your spiritual walk with God today? If you aim at nothing, you're bound to hit nothing. Another Marvin Phillips You aim at nothing, you're bound to hit it. Meaning if you don't, it doesn't matter what you shoot at. It doesn't matter what you do. You will only have the status quo in your life. But listen, if you want improvement in your life, it's not watching another infomercial and and sending in some money. It is actually a desire from within to grow in the area in which God wants you to grow in. Because when you grow in what God wants you to grow in, then the fruit comes from that. And when you see the fruit, it's good fruit. Give me an amen. How do I know that? Because God has a plan. Most of you know, one of my favorite verses is Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. They're plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Now that's what God tells us there. There is, there is no doubt in this, in this word. God has a plan for our lives. And his plan, we know in this verse, is a good plan. All the plans God has for your life are good plans. We just need to line up with God's plan, and then we will see the goodness of God. Give me an amen. You don't need to know, and this is the struggle that many people have. You don't need to know all that God has planned for you at one time. We like that. We want to see the end result. You don't get to see that. When you're playing a basketball game or a football game, you don't get to see the end score before you play the game. You just play the game. It's important. Do what you're supposed to do. If we do what we're supposed to do in the Lord, God will take care of the rest. Give me another amen. Amen. Listen to this. Philippians 4, 19. And my God will meet all your needs according to His glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Man, you can't outdo God. And God tells us here, if you notice there, He says all. He doesn't say some, a few, every once in a while, now and then. If you're lucky, if you win the lottery, maybe. No, He says all of them. There's a reason why He says that is because in God, He will make sure that He gets to us what it is that, that He wants us to get if we follow what God has called us to follow, which is His Son, Jesus Christ. Do you desire... His good plan for your life is the question. Do you truly desire that? If you do, this could be your breakout breakthrough moment, someone said. It could be the one for you. This could be your brand new school year. That things soar for you. You don't have to settle for less. You could strive for more. So you say, well, math is really tearing me up. I understand that. That may be the case. Seek some more help. Everybody's not great in one subject. But don't give up just because you couldn't get it last year. Try a little harder. Try someone else. Ask another person. Ask someone that makes a better grade than you. That's a really good idea to help you with that in your life. You see, don't just change your style of clothes. Don't just change your hairstyle or a brand new pair of shoes. Trust in the Lord to allow others to see in you what the Lord can do. Trust the Lord. When someone says, "What's changed about you?" you can say, "I'm trusting the Lord. I'm trusting His goodness in my life." I, I, I tell young people this all the time. I, I tell them to dream big. God doesn't mind. Just dream big. God doesn't mind that you dream big. Did you know that? You see, a lot of times when we, were, Don and I, were talking about this while we we're on vacation. Our grandkids are the three of them are really small yet. And their imagination is so wonderful. They can just play games. It's just going on. And we got secret compartments. One of our grandsons, we're secret agent. Did you know I was a secret agent? I'm a secret agent, according to Henry. I am. I got this secret compartment. It's in the basement. We don't even have a basement. But we have a basement. It's in there. And they can live all these things through. Why? Because they dream about that become adults we stop imagination I have a message on just imagination why do we let it go i'll give you a scripture on that in a minute but you see where i'm coming from sometimes we just don't dream big enough god wants us to dream big how do i know that right here Ephesians 320 now here's to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all you ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us isn't that good news that there is something there. It's more than you can imagine. God wants more than you can imagine in your life. You say, No, man, I can dream big. Dream bigger. Man, I tried that dream, it didn't work. Dream another dream. Because God is a good God. Amen? Leads me to point number two, which is you got to get fired up. One of the things. That that Brett's going to be doing, and, and, and the, the the coaches in football are going to be trying to get, and the teachers are going to be doing in school. Try to get your kids fired up. You know we're back in a swinging thing. We know that's a little rough there at first, and, and all the things they go through, and after they get past all the, whoo, she's good looking, and all that stuff. Then we got to get them, we got to get them fired up in the area in which what they're there for. I call it the attitude thing, because it really is an attitude thing, isn't it? If you look at that verse, once again, the reason why I left that up there, Ephesians 3.20, is that notice that it says, according to his power, not your power. Not your power, his power. And where is it work? Where's it working at? It's not just out there somewhere. It's not just in the water. It's in us. His power is at work within us. If that don't excite you, I don't know what will. I, and I mean that with all my heart. That's what makes us different than the world. We have God in us. The world has God around them. The Christian has God in them. Amen? And isn't that a good news? It is. Somebody smile at me real big. All right, very good. i to make sure you're out there. Listen to me. It, it, there's electrical outlets all over this place. And all those electrical outlets... Bank a particular power, but they serve no purpose if i don 't plug into them and oftentimes our Christian lives are weakened is because we don 't plug into the right source, which is god 's spirit that he gives us when we receive him, and we 're buried with him in baptism. Scripture is plain on that it 's the same thing kids once again, I want to go back to you because well, I love you so much. If you struggle in an area, get with someone, plug into someone that makes math fun. Math is stupid. I'll never use it. Who's going to ever use it? You ever hear that before? Sure. Find someone that makes it fun. Get plugged into them and they can bring that maybe a little bit over to the edge that's a little better. Any adult, kids, I want to show you something here. Any adults struggle with a subject matter in school that was just really hard. Any, any particular one, just raise your hand. That's being honest for our kids, right? Now, any of you that raised your hand did you seek out help, and it helped at least a little bit raise your hand? They didn't see, see here, this is important for us. It's the same thing in our spiritual lives of what we plug into. And it's important that we capture that in our lives because God has something for us. Question, are you a fan of God? Are you a fan of God? I think it's a good honest thing because I can ask you right now, on account of three, yell out your favorite team. It can be in any sport. It can be local. It can be college. It can be uh, uh, pros of any sport. On a count of three, yell out your favorite team. Team. One, two, stop. Oh I thought I was gonna get some one, two, three. I don't like sports, I heard that one. <laughs> Debate team. Oh no, I'm just kidding. But my point is we all are fans of something, aren't we? Man, we can get rip roaring loud and we can you can do all those things when it's our team or our kids are playing. My kid, my, let me tell you something. I don't care who your kids are. My grandkids are the best soccer players in the whole wide world. <laughs> and they miss the ball half the time they kick at it. But they're the best. And I'm their biggest fan. You see what I'm saying? So we get excited about that in their lives, and we should. We ought to. One of the things that we lack in the body of Christ, and I'm here to tell you, is the excitement. It's excitement, the joy of. Years ago, my daughter, she's grown 33 or 34, beautiful children today. Years ago, she was apparently having not a good day. She was unhappy about something. Well, she looked that way anyway. So I asked her this question. I said, Sweetheart, you look so sad. What's wrong? You know what her response was? Oh, I'm happy on the inside. You, you, you ever you ever get that? Well, here's my belief. I believe you're happy on the inside, ought to be evident on the outside. If, because if it's that way for your sports teams, it ought to be that way for your God. Give me an amen. Even more so, someone said, "Thank you." There are a few things that turn people away from church. That's right. Few things that turn people away from church. Some of you have experienced this. Some things that turn people away from church is a uh, short, stubby preacher. Preaches too long. Some are song selections or music selection, whatever it might be. For others it could be just they're cold. They're too energetic. But one high on that list is no excitement. None, period. And people that come through our doors, whoever they are, know this. They come out of a packed, full week just like you do. And it is packed with stuff that causes us to just get excited. And God didn't call us to come into the body of Christ and sleep. He's called us into the body to worship the Father. I know things in decency and order. I know the scripture, and it should be, and I respect that. But people that come through our doors do not want to get connected to your pity party, your woe is me, or your bad attitude. And that's one of the great things that I hear people say about our church is this. Great thing, not a bad thing. Is that, you know what? That place was really, really excited about who it was they were serving. They were spirit-filled People. That's one of the greatest things people can say about us when they leave, even if they decide to go to church A, church Z, or whatever it is. One of the best things they can say: they were fill, filled with the Spirit of God, and they didn't mind expressing that in their worship service because that is what I believe that people are looking for. They're looking for a freshness in our, the joy in our worship, a genuine expression, not make believe, not made up, a genuine expression of people. They call themselves saved. I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm saved. How much better can you get than that? That all caused some excitement. If you really knew you were saved, you're in the middle of the ocean. You ain't got nothing. And a ship goes by and you're screaming and yelling, save me, save me, save me. (sniffs) Goes right on by. Little tugboat comes by. Save me. And they pull you out of water. Oh, thanks. I was really wanting to get on that boat. You're going to be excited about that. God has saved us. Spirit-filled people, write it down, Spirit-filled people reflect Christ and attract others. It does. Every time. You want to have a change in your life? Then start expressing joy in your life. Here's a 30-day challenge for you. For 30 days, for 30 days, see if it doesn't work. And then come back to me at the end of 30 days and say, Nope, didn't work, don't care, don't matter. 30 days. What is the date? July 29th, so August 29th. Come back and tell me. For 30 days, I would ask you every day that you get up, that you praise God, You praise God. This is the day, this is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice, I will rejoice and be glad in it. Sing it out. Lord, this is your day, but it's a day that you gave me. Somebody didn't wake up this morning, but you woke me up, and there's a reason behind it, and I want to give you glory and praise no matter what I face, even if I have to go back to school with all those kids. I'm going to give you joy and praise from my heart. See what happens. We are called to share the good news. And one way of doing that is our outward appearance as well, or what we do, how we express ourselves. A scripture for that is Luke chapter 8. There's a demon-possessed man. And in this story, and you probably know it well, he After he is healed by Jesus, Jesus tells him in verse 39, he says, Now return home and tell how much God has done for you. Do you suppose this guy simply said, Well, I don't know if I want to do that or not. It goes on to tell us exactly what he did. So the man went away and told all over town. One translation says, Everyone he saw, how much Jesus had done for him. What was he telling them? You know that crazy guy you always made fun of down on the end of the street? That was me. No more. Ha It's me. It's me. And it's all because of a man named Jesus. He was willing to tell. He was willing to share. And we should be too. Have you told anyone lately that Jesus? what Jesus has done for you? You don't have to make up things. Just tell them what, tell them what Jesus has done for you. Jesus has blessed us in this. Jesus has blessed us with this beautiful home to live in, to be able to entertain. Jesus has blessed us with this health that we have. Jesus has blessed us with a beautiful church family. Jesus has blessed us with good health so far. Jesus has blessed us with beautiful children, healthy children. Jesus has blessed us. Remember, blessing, blessing, blessing. Count your many blessings. See what God has done. And it will surprise you what he's done. Amen? Amen. Number three, and we're out of here. This one here is important too. And this one, I got to say, you got to stay in the game. This is so important. I know coaches tell their players, like, you got to stay in the game. Son, stay in the game. I've heard that a thousand times when I was playing and hearing coach. Yeah, stay in the game, son. Stay in the game. That's a focus of. But it's that stick Another one to honor Marvin Phillips, stick Don't give up. That's what it's saying. Just because your past wasn't all that you'd hoped for it to be, don't let that hold you back. Many people do. They look at their failures in the past, and you know what they do? They say, I can't do it. Listen to me. Write this down. Your failures do not limit God working in your future. Praise God. How do I know that? I was a sinner, and I'm saved. I'm a saint. Not by my doing, but by His doing. By me believing in the one and only Son. Jesus the Christ. Lost, saved, He can do great things in my life, even if I have a tainted history of failures. Can I hear an amen? Most great moments, most grace not all, but most great moments in our lives often come off the heels of a rough things in our lives. I can tell you that's true experience. I'm going through something in my life that I I didn't want to go through. Anybody go through something you didn't want to go through? But when you got on the other side, you realize, whoa, that really helped me now. Anybody do that? Young people, you need to pay attention. Because things throughout your life, that's what's going to be. It isn't all roses. It doesn't mean that you get an A on every test or 100%. It means you give it your best. You study hard and, and you give it over and then you do your best. And sometimes we fail, but that doesn't make us a failure. And there are no such thing as failures with God. Amen? All right. Galatians 6 9 says, Let us not become weary in doing good. What? Doing good. What? Doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. It's his timing, not yours. Donna gave me a quote this past week from Jeff Snell. Uh, um, Somebody had, she heard it at a, a church she was at while she was. on her vacation. And uh, it, it, it's a beautiful quote. It says, If you are only effective when you are at your best, you will get very little done. See, you can't be perfect and then get saved. You got to realize that you're a sinner and confess those sins. Then you get saved. Amen? Stay in the game. Real quick, I have to do this one today. When when Donna met me in high school in 1973, that's a long time ago, and in 1973, Donna met me in high school. She knew that I was the one for her. That's the truth. That is the gospel. That's the gospel truth I'm, I'm here to tell you. And she's here. She will tell you that She will tell you this. She will tell you that I did not notice her at first. I was just playing hard to get. I knew all along. But here's the trick. She never gave up on me. That's right. And today, this very day, today, we celebrate our 42nd anniversary together. Now just think what she would have missed out on if she'd have given up on me. I'm gonna pay for that one. I bought her roses yesterday, so let's kind of lead in there. Psalm 16, verse number 8. Put it up there real quick. All right, here. This is out of the message translation, and I love this verse. It says, Day and night I'll stick with God. I've got a good thing going, and I'm not letting go. That's what my wife says about me. Isn't that a beautiful verse, though? That's a beautiful translation. I got a good thing going. I ain't letting go. Amen? Amen and amen. I got so much more to say, but here it is. Many times we face difficulties and hardships, disappointments in life. I'm going to be doing a uh, class this fall on suffering, deep sufferings that we go through in our lives, but disappointments in life. Maybe that is where you are. Maybe that's where you've been, or maybe that's where you're at. I don't know where you're at. You're coming into it, about to move out of it or in the middle of it. feels like a shipwreck. For some in this room, it's been tough. You know that. I don't have to tell you. I encourage you to let those disappointments, I encourage you to let those disappointments make you stronger and better, not bitter and frustrated because they can. Allow it to be the launching pad to greater things in your life. Paul was that way. 2 Corinthians tells us about that. He had a lot of disappointments all through his journey. Even his own brothers in Christ had a big struggle with him many times. And then he's beaten, he's shipwrecked, and he's put in prison and all those things. But yet he always comes back. And the 2 Corinthians speaks well of it. He says in this, when I am weak, then I am strong. There's a reason why we got to realize our weakness Because when we realize our weakness, we discover God's strength is never weak. Ever. That's the beauty of it. Life is like a battlefield. It's filled with all these little battles or these wars that we must conquer. We don't always get what we want. Young people, I want you to know that. You know, the society today is everybody gets the big trophy. No, everybody doesn't get the big trophy. You don't always get what you want. But you'll get what God has for you if you follow His Son, Jesus the Christ. You'll win the greatest trophy of all, which is eternal life. And that's what we, our prayer is for you in life. But you won't receive that unless you trust Him. So you failed at something. Who in this room hasn't failed at something? We all have. Here's one for you a guy by the name of Michael Jordan. Now, even the young people know him because of the brand name, not because of the player. But because of the players, one of the best of all times, if not the best, an argument there perhaps. But nonetheless, he made a basketball commercial years ago where he walks into the arena and there he is and the people are chanting, Michael, Michael, Michael. It's just phenomenal. And he says these words as he looks in the camera. He said, I have missed 9,000 shots in my career. I have lost almost 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the last second shot to win the game, and I missed. I have failed over and over and over again in my life. But then he turns to the camera and looks dead into it, and he says, That's why I succeed. Why? Because Michael Jordan didn't focus on the failures. He focused on his strengths. If your focus is your failures, you cannot grow spiritually. John 3.16 We leave with these verses. We know it by heart. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God so loved you is what it's saying. You need to know that God loves you. Even if you don't love God, people say, I don't know God. I don't want to know God. I don't love God. God still loves you. Amen? But watch what the 17th verse says. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. See, that's what some people think, that God is up there trying to condemn us. Oh, you didn't do this. Oh, you did that. Oh, you didn't do that. You did this. Bam, bam, bam. You're out of here. He didn't send his son into the world to condemn us, but to save us through his son, Jesus. But verse 18 says, whoever, you know, whoever is you, and you, and you, and you, all of us, whoever believes in him is not condemned. Really? Really? how good our God is. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in God's one and only Son. You see, my friend, what you believe makes all the difference in the world. Do you believe in Him? He surely believes in you, my friend. Today, maybe you'd like to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It's just a matter of simply saying, I am a sinner and I believe you died on the cross for me. Please forgive me of my sin. That's the repentance part. Do you need to experience a new birth? I believe the scripture teaches that. But without the belief in this, that really doesn't do anything. Or maybe today you would like to receive that. And you would like to be baptized. Baptized so that you might have your sins forgiven, but also released into you the power that we talked about today from God. Maybe today you'd like for us to pray for you. Maybe it is that you've struggled, and it's been rough, but you really want that turnaround. You want that moment where you're saying, you know what, I want to have a better year. I want to have a better way. I want, my desire today is to be what God wants me to be, and I want, I want prayers about that. We're here to pray for you with you in that. Our elders will come, others will come. Whatever your need is, now is the time that we sing a song. It's just for you. It's an invitation for you to come. You come right now. It's together we stand and sing.